Welcome to the June 25th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is John chapter 4, verses 19 through 24, and the sermon is entitled, Why Worship Matters, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. All right, church, grab your Bibles, if you will. So John chapter number 4, go there in your Bibles, and as you are flipping to the gospel of John chapter number 4, when you go there, it should immediately bring one of the most famous stories in all of your Bible. You'll see it once we begin to talk about it, but I want your attention real quick. I know you're trying to turn pages, but I want your attention for the next three weeks. We are going to talk about one of the most controversial topics within the body of the church, and that is worship. Many of us, even in this room, have differing opinions on what worship should look like. And even in today's church, one of the primary dividers of the church is worship. Some people like what they label contemporary, and some people like what they label traditional. And churches are divided on the issue. Now, I'm not going to tell you what my opinion is. If you want it, you come talk to me about it, okay? But today, I'm going to preach worship from God's Word. Because it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks. And so we need to go to His Word as we think about worship. We can debate on what instruments are right for worship. Does instruments just involve a piano and a guitar and an organ? Or do we add the guitars and the drums? Or is worship simply voices? No musical instruments. Friends, these decisions within the body of the church divide more than they worship the Lord. And so we've got to be careful. So the next three weeks, we're going to talk about today why worship matters. We're going to talk about next week a portion of that in praying and why praying before you get to worship matters. And then the last one, the third week, will be a call for God's people to worship. More than any of the series that I've talked about, I'm excited to preach the series on worship. We have our own idea of what we think God's heart is desiring. Here is the ultimate thing about worship. Worship involves you. Worship involves you, but worship is not about you. And that's what we as a church must get through our heads. It involves us, but it has nothing to do with us. It is all about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is about our God. It's more than what we can contain in one hour. It is more than songs. It is more than music. It is more than praying. It is what we should do as we give our heart to our Lord. John MacArthur writes this, Worship is the honor and adoration directed to God. And A.W. Tozer says this about worship, it is the missing jewel of the church. And so if it's something that our churches are missing, we must get it right. And it involves your heart long before you get into the presence of God or to a sanctuary. It involves your heart. Worship has to go beyond duty. It must go beyond time. It must go beyond routine. It must go beyond our own ideas. It is what we express to God. Can you imagine what flows off of your lips 
should be an expression of what's inside of your heart. Think about that when we talk about how important worship is. We must desire in this place of Clifford Baptist Church this day simply to do this. Exalt Jesus Christ in these moments. Whether that's through prayer or through song or through the word of God. We must exalt God in this place. And I want you to know before I ever say another word. I fall way short in this category. Way short of worshiping Jesus Christ like I truly should. We pick up scripture this morning in a very familiar story. As we talk together through it today, the story is going to come to mind. And I'm going to give you a little hint before we get into it. If we talk about the story of the woman at the well, what is the first thing that pops into your mind? Oh, let me help you out. I wrote a few things down of many sermon topics that we take from the woman at the well. We talk about the differences between the Samaritans and the Jews. And what Jesus, what is Jesus doing addressing a woman? We talk about living water. And what Jesus truly was trying to offer this woman was far more than physical water that she was there for. Maybe it's the personal matter of a woman's life. Her five husbands and the one that she was with is not married. That sticks into our mind about this story. But quickly, if we remember the story, it centers on worship. It gets to worship. And here's what I want you to know. This is just Jeffrey's two cents. It's amazing how a conversation can go from all of these things and end up back to Jesus. It's a lesson for me. When I use my words and when I'm in conversation to get the message back to the worship of our Savior. Maybe today the woman at the well, the one thing that sticks out is the infidelity of this woman. No, that is not the moral moral of the story. The moral of the story is the great God that she stood before. And today in this worship service, please don't look at me. Because I am simply a sinner just as that woman. But the heart of the matter of why I am here today. Is worship. And that should be the heart of why you are here. John chapter number 4. Go with me to God's word today. Starting with verse number 19. We're picking it up in the middle of scripture. They've just had discussions about the number of husbands. And Jesus and this woman are carrying on conversation. And verse number 19. The woman speaks up and she says unto him. Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Point number one today of why worship matters is simply this worship is more than a place. Worship is more than a place. Throughout your Bible, you can see on the very pages of Scripture, from the very beginning to the very end, a heart of a God that wants His people to simply come and worship. You see Jesus Christ and His love on the pages of Scripture. But I'm grateful as we pick up this conversation, it shows us a little bit about our responsibility To live lives that are devoted to the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
as we pick up this conversation, the Samaritan woman knows Jesus is different. He is someone special because he knows what is going on in her life. And she labels him a prophet. Look at verse number 19. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. A prophet is somebody that knows the divine will of God. And she brings up this subject of worship off of that. She knows Jesus is special. She knows there's something different. And then she brings up the subject of worship. As she talks about this, maybe she's trying to divert her life story. She's trying to get Jesus off of her back and those husbands that she has. But she turns to the subject of worship. And she says, there are two places. Our fathers, the Samaritans, worshipped here on Mount Gerizim. And you say that worship is in Jerusalem, the place of the Jews. Jesus says, there's coming an hour where neither place is going to matter. That day is today, and there's a day ahead that is coming as well. But when we think about a place... Maybe this morning when you were driving to church, you said, I'm going to Clifford Baptist Church to worship. That's an awesome thing. I hope when you think about coming to church, you know that you are coming to a place where you can worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for that. But this morning, where do you worship at? If the only place that you worship is at Clifford Baptist Church one or two hours a week, we're in trouble. Worship goes far beyond a place. And it goes far beyond a time limit. So when I look at Clifford Baptist Church, it's a place where I worship collectively with my brothers and sisters. With like-minded and like-hearted people that love the Lord Jesus Christ. I would not trade this hour for anything in the world. Now I'll say this. I'll go on vacation once or twice a year. But I Love this place. And I love the people of this place. But friends, as much as I love you, I'm here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything that pulls us away from that is something that we need to watch out for. Friends, our worship, God should be the center of everything that we do here. Listen to me. Our prayers should be Christ-centered. Our songs should be Christ-centered. Our messages should be Christ-centered. Christ must be the center of everything. But here's the thing. Can I be honest with you? You want all of us prepared to do that. But here's what the pastor wants. The pastor wants your heart prepared too. If we walk into a church service with our heart not ready for service or for worship, we're in danger of missing it all. So just as important of being prepared for worship as you being prepared when you come and I being prepared when I come. Have you ever showed up and don't tell me, don't amen, don't shake your head, don't do nothing. I'll just tell you my life story, okay? Have you ever showed up to worship and something has happened at home before you got here? Maybe it's a little disagreement. Maybe it's the kids. Maybe it's something that's happened. And it feels like it messes up the whole day. Now listen, there have been times I sit there and say, why do I even go? Here's, here's my message. You, you better go. Because I've learned the hardest days on the hardest mornings, Satan's trying to get me not to go. 
And those are the days of worship where God can truly minister to my heart. I'm grateful for worship, but I want you to know that it's more than a place. For the Samaritans and the Jews, it was a location of two different mountains. But for you and I today, hopefully it's more than just Clifford Baptist Church. Let's go on in the story. Verse number 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Now these words in your Bible, if you have a red letter Bible, they're in red. That means Jesus is speaking them. And Jesus has some harsh words for this woman. He doesn't mean anything by it. But simply in this verse, he says, you worship something that you don't know. Now many, if Jesus were to tell us that today, many of us would say, okay, I'm done with that. I'm never going back there. That person or that preacher said something I didn't like. I'm not going back there. But the wheels begin to turn in this woman's mind as Jesus says this. You don't know what you worship. Point number two today is this. Is worship is about who we know, not what we know. I'm going to say that one more time. Worship is about who we know, not what we know. There's a lot of education that can get in the way. And all Jesus wanted from this simple woman is just an object of worship. I want you to worship me. Out of those Old Testament scriptures, out of those Jewish scriptures, it pointed to a Messiah that would come the true source of salvation. And here's what Jesus is saying. The Jewish people know those scriptures. They know the promise that a Messiah is coming. But here, the words directed at this Samaritan woman, it were not directed at her. Holy you was the Samaritan people. Jesus is simply saying this, salvation is here. Salvation stands before you, Mrs. And guess what? You're missing it. You're missing it. It's not knowing about worship. It's knowing who you are worshiping that matters. Most of us make a mistake in some way of this area in our own lives. Our own churches are filled with people who are there because mom and daddy were there. Listen to these words again. Verse number 21. Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But in the conversation, when the woman started talking about worship, what does she say? She says in verse number 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. This place is special to my family. This, this place is special to the Samaritan people. This place is special to us. But friends, listen, it's got to be more than a special place for your family. It's got to be a special place where you come before a holy God. Sunday morning belongs to the Lord. And it should not be your place to be there simply because mama and daddy were there or grandparents were there. This should be a place where you come and desire to meet God. Our churches are full of, of family heritage, which is a wonderful thing. But I desire a godly heritage that I want to pass to my children. 
It's not because daddy was the pastor. It's because we love Jesus. That's why we're there. Tradition. Entertainment. Wanting to hear a good sermon. Hearing good music. Are all horrible reasons to come to church. I'm going to be honest with you. There are reasons that we come. And I'm thankful that you come to hear a message that God would lay on my heart. And I, and I ask you to continue to come. But we don't do that for, for the preacher or for the singer or for the music. You do it for something far greater than all of it. And it is our God. So friends, if we step foot in a worship service with our eyes and our hearts set on the wrong thing, you could miss it all very quickly. Our churches could learn a lot from this statement. You really don't know what you are worshiping. I'm not going to go there. I was, but I'm going to move on, okay? Look at verse number 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Worship, in point number three, is what the Lord seeks from us. I want to take your mind to the Gospel of Luke really quick. As he records the temptation of Christ and Satan tempts him. In that temptation, Satan leads Jesus up on the mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And Satan says this, all the power and the glory, I will give it all to you if you will worship me. What were Jesus' words that followed in Luke chapter 4 verse 8? They were these, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shall thou serve. As the ruler of this world parades the kingdoms and the powers before Jesus, He simply says this, Jesus, bow down and worship, and you'll have all the power. Friends, there are many things, many things that are competing For your loyal heart. And when we think about that. In our own lives. But more importantly. In the life of this woman. Jesus tells her. Now is the time. Now is the time to worship. Look at verse number 23 again. But the hour cometh. And now is. Underline that word now. Now is the time. When true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. The Father is seeking those who simply will just come and bow before Him and worship. We must get this right now. We can't wait years down the road. We can't wait till we get our lives straight. We must get it right now for all eternity. For all eternity, friends, in some form or fashion, we will be worshiping God. And we think about that as one day we will worship Him in heaven. And I like to think about that. But you are in the practice season now. You are preparing for that day. And I'm sorry, I have to apologize to Nathan as he sat right there and heard me sing this morning. It probably wasn't pretty. God doesn't need pretty. 
God doesn't need perfection. God needs your heart. God needs worship. And that's what he desires. We cannot put worship off. We cannot downplay this hour that we spend together. Because it does more for me personally than what you believe. Sometimes I want to hit the fast forward button in life and just skip to the end. I don't want to die. I'm not saying that. I just want to see the end. I want to see what worship in heaven is going to be like. Because I think what it's going to do, it's going to take the American church and blow their minds. Because it's going to be, it's going to be more than traditional. And it's going to be more than contemporary. Because our eyes will be focused on Him. We won't have to bicker back and forth which instruments because they will all be provided. And we don't even need the screams or a hymnal for words. Because here are the words, holy, holy, holy. Memorize those words today because you will use them in heaven one day. Holy, holy, holy. Friends, today I know I get excited a little bit and I'm sorry. But Jesus should excite you. Revelation chapter number 7, listen to this. Verses 9, and I don't know how far I read. Revelation 7 verse 9. And after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might, be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. It's worship more than just putting on a suit, and, and looking good, and sitting in the place, and being stern, and, or is it more? Is it lifting your hand every once in a while? In heaven, I don't even know if I'll be able to look. One of the most powerful worship services I've ever been in had men laying at this altar, bowed before God, seeking God's will. It wasn't hundreds, it was just a handful. In our minds, worship must be big and grand, and one day it's going to be the numbers we're not going to even be able to count. But friends, we've got to be careful in our minds to say this is worship and this is not. Because one day it will blow our minds. But here's what I want you to know, church. God desires our worship. No matter what it looks like, or for me, for Jeffrey, what it sounds like, He just wants our worship. The desire of our heart. For all eternity, we will worship, hopefully, together. That's my prayer. The last point comes from, verses 20, uh, comes from verse 24. John chapter 4, verse number 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I could simply say this by simple, simply saying worship truly comes from the heart. But here's how the Bible says it. Psalm 51. O Lord... Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. I've been meditating on that verse this week. And here's the prayer. 
Here's the prayer in Psalm 51. God, if you will just open my lips, the praise has to come out. That's the mindset behind it. Because God is worthy to be praised. Behind the two words of our Bible, of our scripture this morning, we must worship in spirit and in truth. The spirit speaks to the human spirit. And the truth is the understanding from the word of God. I'll tell you a story in John chapter 4 as that speaks to the worship and what that looks like in the Lord. But the Samaritans, here's the idea. The Samaritans had great worship. They worshiped in spirit, but they lacked truth. Because they only held to part of the Old Testament. They didn't take all of God's word. They only held to the Pentateuch and that's what they worshiped God with. But they worshiped with enthusiasm and energy. And on the other hand, the Jews, they were rooted in the truth of God's word. They knew every word. They knew what the Bible said, but they knew it here, but it did not show anywhere else in their life. And so their worship on both levels was not good. The Jewish people did not get worship right because they lacked the spirit and the Samaritans lacked the truth. Well, where, what are you trying to say, Jeffrey? Here's what I'm trying to say. Mark chapter number 7. Write that down. You can go to it later. Here's what Jesus tells the Pharisees and scribes. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The spirit and truth of God involves the deep Dwelling place, the heart, the innards of what comes out, where Jesus comes out, where worship comes out to our Lord and Savior. Jesus had the truth, the Samaritan woman had the spirit, and here's what they're saying. Hey, we got to get it right. Jesus' words, not to the Jews and the Samaritans, is worship and truth. I want to say something, everything in worship Points to Jesus. And here's the mindset of us here at Clifford. Everything points to the sermon. To the truth of God. So everything that is done here points to the truth of God. And then from that springs the worship that he so desires. Friends today, is there somebody in this room who maybe Jesus can say, hey, with their lips... They honor me, but their heart is far from me. Or maybe there's somebody in this room today that that knows it all here, just like the Jews did, and yet lacks the worship experience. I may step on some toes here. If you show up to a worship service and you don't sing, you're lacking the Spirit of God. And if you show up to a worship service... And you don't desire the truth of God. You're not here to worship. So friends, I'm the first to say, I've got work to do. I've got work to do. The most important thing in your day is this hour that we spend together as we lift up Jesus Christ. Lunch can wait. The kids can wait. The ball games can wait. This is the most important thing about the Lord's day. Don't let anything take it from you. Today, I'm done. 
I told you, 30 minutes, I got it. Maybe you can join me in saying this today. I need to get better. Lord, I've heard your cry. I've heard your voice through the, through the message today. It's not Jeffrey twisting your arm. It's the Holy Spirit. And I pray that he moves today. Maybe today worship is just a reminder that it's more than a place. Maybe you need the reminder it's who we worship. Maybe it's the reminder that God desires our worship. But we must worship from the heart in spirit and in truth. And that looks different from the people that, that are gathered here today. Individually, I pray. I pray, this is my prayer. Is that our worship is acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Today, maybe the overflow of your heart is not worship. Maybe something that's deep-rooted in your heart, and maybe you come with a hurt, or maybe you come with pain, or maybe you come with unforgiveness. Maybe you come to church, and you can't worship because the overflow of your heart, there's something there. And it's affecting the way that you worship God. Here's all I'm going to ask you to do. When the first note of the song is played, you, you just come down here and you just give it to God. Put it, on, put it on the altar. Put it at His feet. Sacrifice it to Him and let Him take care of that. But the overflow of our heart should not be the unforgiveness or, or, or the anger or the hurt that we carry. And so many times on Sunday mornings, that's the best that we give God. Today, maybe you're here and you've heard this message and you realize the greatest need of your heart right now is Jesus Christ. Because without Him, you can't even worship. You can look like you're worshiping. You can look at, you can play the part. But without Jesus Christ living in your heart, you're just going through the motions. So the greatest invitation I can give today is that someone that is here today that may need Christ as their Savior. Jesus, through His shed blood, Paid the price of your sin and mine on an old rugged cross. He went to the grave, but on the third day he rose, to, rose again to give us life and life eternal. The only way that I could come into the presence of the Lord today is through Jesus Christ. That is the only reason I'm here. And maybe today that's the only reason you're here. Here's the invitation to come to him today. Whatever the need... I pray, I pray the next three weeks, but more importantly today, God gets our heart right as we worship. Let's go to Him. Father God, Lord, thank You. Thank You for the opportunity, Lord, to speak Your Word. Lord, on a subject that is controversial in the church, God, I pray, Lord, Your people will see the truth of Your Word. Lord, however you draw people to you, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit move now. You will press upon the heart of the need of a Savior. That you will press upon the heart the need of forgiveness. To trust you more. That the overflow of our heart today would simply be an adoration of our God. Lord, today as we stand and sing this last stanza, pray, Lord, our hearts and our worship will be acceptable in your sight. 
Lord, I pray that you will move in lives and in situations the only the way that you can. Pick apart our life to make us more like you. We love you. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.